Welcome back to the Fail More podcast, where every loss hey. is a lesson. You're here with Caitlin and my co-host, Josiah. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. It is the Friday before Freedom Day on Monday, so it's in a very exciting weekend for us. Last weekend of lockdown, and we're getting out next week. Not fully not fully free, but some reduced restrictions, which is going to be much appreciated here. It's been a, it's been three or four months, so it's um wow. It's been a long time. But what about you? What's been happening with you? Yeah, so the first round of the Queensland Beach Volleyball Tour has well and truly started and begun. My partner and I took out the gold last weekend on the Gold Coast, which was awesome. Um, We had uni games. We've been training every day. But, you know, we're working. We're getting there. You're always busy. I I, I never know you to have like, oh, I've just been chilling out. You're always out here getting golds or doing university exams. Schedule's full. Yeah, definitely. But it's good. I love it. I love what I do. So should we head to the people's segment? Everyone's favorite segment. Everyone's favorite segment. Are you ready for this? No, don't do it to me. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, <laughs> favorite, <laughs> favorite fails, baby. Oh, I swear to the people that one day we would do proper intro music so we no longer have to handle I don't this. understand why we would I don't even like the tones to. that you chose. Like the, like the tones that you chose to me just sound so cringy, but we're rolling with it. We're going. That's the way it's, we do. It's happening. Minimum viable product. We fail more. <laughs> hit me hit me with your favorite fails. Hit me with your favorite fails. What do we got? I've had two very uh, important fails this month. It's been a, a good month of fails for me, which normal people, that would be a bad month. But, you know, that's the Fail More podcast. A month of fails is that's the way we do. We always learn. So... I'll hit you guys with the uh, the deep ones first, and Ooh. I have an apology to make to you, Caitlin, because on the 3rd of September, mm-hmm. 2021, someone had their birthday. Yes, yeah, someone did. Who was that someone? It might have been you, and, a, and mm. a certain sibling maybe forgot to reach out and give you a call on your birthday. I am very <laughs> sorry for those people who can't see I'm doing the praying hands. Much forgiveness <laughs> is needed. And I backed it up because two weeks later, I forgot to call my grandma for a birthday. So... Ooh. I had a, a double one. fail. And you know what? It was the first month I realized it's my birthday, Grandad's birthday, your birthday, and Grandma's birthday in two months. Yeah. In 21 years of me being <laughs> on this earth, I did not realize <laughs> we had birthdays in the same month as our grandparents, which show how much attention I've paid for the last no, 21 years of my hold life. Hold it there. If you have a brother, girls, if you've got a brother and they are constantly forgetting birthdays and you, the sibling, the sister, are the one that is constantly having to remind them or mm-hmm. buy the presents and say, by the way, I put your name on the card. Is that a common thing? I want to know. No, because people say it's not a guy thing, it's a Josiah thing, and that's just going to hurt my feelings, but we know <laughs> how that's going to roll. But we'll see. I will also say, even mum, she sent me pictures of dad on Father's Day. She sent me photos of dad, and I wake up, I'm like, why is she sending me photos of dad today? <laughs> like, this is so random. And then I put it together, I'm like, oh, it's Father's Day, and I called him immediately because I know if I didn't do it, I would have forgotten 100%. So, At least you did it. And I have another fail, Caitlin. It's been a it's been a full on. This literally happened last night. You cannot write this. I, sw- I, did, I swear I'm not failing on purpose for the podcast. This is just <laughs> my life. This is why we're here. And I want to play a little game with the listeners and with yourself, Caitlin. I'm going to paint you a scenario, and I want you to guess the fail. Okay. 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 So it's going to be a bit of fun. And for the listeners, we haven't pre-recorded this or pre-prepared this. This is I'm putting Caitlin on the spot here. All right. So Josiah Bentney goes to the store. I see tuna bake sauce. I've never made a tuna bake before, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, it no. is time to experiment. <laughs> you oh, have no. no faith in me. <laughs> it's time to experiment. So I buy the sauce, I buy the pasta, and I buy the tuna, right? I think that's all. You, and vegetables. I had vegetables as well. And all you have to do, from what I understand, is drain the tuna, put the veggies and the sauce in, after you've cooked the pasta, combine it on a tray and put it in the oven, yeah? I drain the tuna, 
because it tells it's all on the back of the bottle so it tells me how to do this it's pretty it's pretty like it's really hard to mess up drain the tuna all good put the veggies in all good pasta's cooked put the pasta on the bottom layer of the tray spread the tuna out and the veggies put the pasta on top cheese on top looks beautiful chuck it in the oven what did I miss? Listeners at home, say it out loud right now. Caitlin Benet, <laughs> what did I miss? The sauce. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I literally put it you in. Five minutes later. Right. Five minutes later, I looked at, uh, like, it was in the oven. The sauce is on top of the oven. Like, it's on a bench. <laughs> Five minutes later, I walk back and I look and it, I'm like, huh, that's funny that there's two bottles of tuna sauce out here. I was like, I, I had to take the whole thing out of the oven, deconstruct the pasta front. It's so bad. Wait for the listeners. Caitlin is losing it right now. I can see her face. She's crying. Oh, I know exactly so how that would have happened. <laughs> Bro, you would have been reading the back. You're making tuna. You would have yes. been reading the back of the pasta. <laughs> how do you know? How do you know? <laughs> Here's the other thing, and then right? You He's... Put it on top of the oven yeah. and be like so proud of yourself. <laughs> and then I was away. looking at the oven, I'm like, oh, it looks exceptional. I've done an amazing job here. No, but here's the thing, right? I was reading when I was reading, it was such a humbling moment because when I was reading the back of the sauce, it says spring water tuna, which is a, like the type of way the tuna is stored, and it says drained. And I was like, oh, they put the drain there because people are dumb and they don't like know to drain the tuna. I'm like, I literally, my thought, for like five minutes, I have this thought process of how specific they have to be on the back of labels because people mess it up. I, I forgot the damn sauce. <laughs> Did the, pa- the pasta bottle sauce would have said, put in sauce contents, surely. Yeah, no, it surely. said it. It said oh. it 100%. You just that specific. chose to ignore The other thing that. it said is dry pasta. And I'm like, what is dry pasta? So I cooked my pasta, drained it, and chucked it on. But it didn't go hard because the pasta was still wet. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I understand what dry pasta means now. <laughs> so uh, we experimented and I took a photo. So if the people want to see... Now, this is after I added the sauce. So if the people want to see my tuna attempt, tuna bake attempt, it will be up on Instagram. Please yeah. comment any feedback. I need help, guys. Please save me. If you guys have any tips for next time, comment on the post and let me know. I think we need to dedicate an entire podcast just to <laughs> just size cooking fails. fails. <laughs> we have fail more and there's fail more cooking, which is a subset of fail more. <laughs> just just to dedicated to Josiah. All right, but Caitlin, we have to we have to get into the content for today. People love the favorite fail segment, but we're here for the meat. What are we talking about today, Caitlin? So. It's October. We're getting towards Mm -hmm. the end of the year, but we're not quite there yet. Christmas is just around the corner. All those family holidays that we've got planned, we can see them, but they're just a little bit out of reach. And so I think it's the perfect time to talk all things burnout and fatigue. Let's talk about it. There is a lot there and I'm really keen to get into today's episode. Yeah, I think it's a really good time. Like a lot of people are feeling it. We're trying to meet mm. deadlines. I've We're working really it. hard. Lockdown is really getting people down. So let's talk about it. Let's address it. So Jay, what is fatigue to you? Yeah, and I, and I will say, before we get into the definition, I will say that we're certainly not experts on fatigue management. Mm. It's a massive field. It's very broad, but we've had experiences with it and we just wanted to kind of highlight some of those experiences. And I hope what comes through is a lot of the time we're not providing necessarily a solution, but we are hopefully uh, highlighting the problem and em- empathizing with the problem um, and at least providing some light on how we're currently trying to deal with it. And it is a work in progress for us as well. So we're not experts, but we certainly have a lot of experience with failing, hence fail more. <laughs> so fatigue for me is just... 
unresolved stress. So I think in my mind, fatigue and burnout are very interchangeable words. I think there's, you know, we talk about acute fatigue or chronic fatigue, which is built up over time. Um, But for me, the simplest way to think about fatigue is just stress that is built up that hasn't been dealt with. So Jay, we're feeling a little bit stressed, but when do we know that it becomes fatigue or burnout? The easiest way that I think about it in my life is when am I changing my baseline of act of action or character. So if I have a really good you know track record at work for being able to solve problems, if I am at one day really being reactionary and I'm not thinking straight and I'm kind of maybe la- feeling like I want to lash out, that to me immediately rings alarm bells in my head and I go, hmm, what has been the cause of this and why do I feel this way? Those are things that indicate to me that I'm heading towards fatigue. I have some unresolved stress or possibly worse, I'm going to hit burnout indicator for burnout for me is those things but just on steroids so i'm feeling really angry for multiple days in a row i'm feeling really tired for multiple days in a row so when there's been a long pattern of these things starting to build up and i haven't been able to resolve it then i know i'm heading into uh, into burnout but there's a lot of things that cause this and it's maybe not one particular thing so caitlin what are some of the causes of fatigue Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things. And I think a lot of us can relate to being busy a lot of the time and like that unnecessary Mm. busyness. Um, And I think it's important to differentiate between being unnecessarily busy, just filling our lives with things versus being busy with a purpose. So like a lot of my days are really, really full and they're really busy, but they're filled with things that I'm passionate about and that I enjoy. So I'm, I'm coaching and I'm training, I'm taking myself towards my goals. I'm studying, I'm using my mind. And although I'm busy, it's, it's a different kind of busy. So we just got to be careful when we're doing that unnecessary business as that can definitely lead towards fatigue. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got things like hours of work and shift work is a big one. Depression is definitely one that can impact on fatigue. And I think another really big thing to highlight is if employees aren't feeling rewarded for their work. That's a really big one in the corporate world, especially that we've found through studies. As we're we're human, we love to be rewarded for what we're doing. We think that it's something that should happen. And when it doesn't happen, it's a bit of a letdown. And it's like, okay, then why am I kind of doing what I'm doing? So yeah, those are definitely some of the high risk factors. Also, if you're sick a lot of the time physically, Mm. um, and if you've got a high pressure job role or a high emotional load, those are definitely some risk factors for fatigue. And I think that that word that you mentioned there is key risk factors, right? It's not necessarily saying that if you're doing shift work, that it's like one-to-one causing fatigue, mm. but there is, I guess, a higher correlation of people that do shift work at more risk of receiving that kind of long-term fatigue or burnout due to yeah. all those other issues listed. You know, it might be your, your makeup of your community. It might be that emotional load you're carrying when you're on shift. So it's more of a, a network or a mesh of things that cause it, not necessarily just like a, a direct line between two things. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. There's a lot of risk factors for it. Um, And if we are experiencing those risk factors, if we are thinking that we're going into fatigue or burnout, how do we manage this? So I I try to um, kind of tease out the difference between, I guess, unfatiguing or treating fatigue versus managing fatigue. And I, I know they are interchangeable words, but the way I tease out management is actually reducing our inputs, whereas treating is actually dealing with the stress we already have received. So when it comes to reducing our inputs, it's really important to do that. Again, that self-monitoring and going, what are all the ways I'm kind of currently interacting with the world? So I'm receiving, you know, maybe media. That's one, TV. There's social media involved in that as well. Are we getting stressed when we're looking at media and social media? Yeah, 100%. Mm. emotions are constantly being activated when we're looking at social media it's kind of one of the things one of the targets of social media platforms is to kind of activate our emotions media does the same you know how many times have we watched a media outlet or article and gone oh that's an injustice or that's something really bad that will generate those feelings and fatigue 
the question is, is that necessary? So if mm. it's necessary for your job, sure. But maybe sometimes we're consuming more than what we need to and that's causing unnecessary fatigue. I think the other things when we talk about managing fatigue is maybe potential people in our life that are causing stress that we actually don't need to have them in our life for. Yeah, that's a big one. Let's say we have a really good friend and they're in a bigger group of people and we always want to go hang out in the bigger group, but maybe there's someone else in that group that's causing us unnecessary stress or, or maybe there's bullying or just some, you know, dynamics that aren't right. Can we go, I'd love to hang out with that friend. Let's manage our time and hang out with them when maybe it's a one-on-one. So just taking ourselves out of the, I guess, unnecessary playing fields or places where we don't need to take a hit is a really good way to manage our fatigue. So I guess, I mean, that's reducing our inputs, but the fact of life is we can't get rid of everything. You know, we cannot get rid of work. We're always going to be working for something. A lot of us can't get rid of family, you know, or we shouldn't get rid of family in, in most cases. You know, it's it's something that's always going to be there uh, and it's going to cause stress. So how do we unfatigue or treat fatigue? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good point is that, we all experience fatigue. I mean, I've been studying, I've calculated it yesterday for 18 years now, 18 years from long time kindergarten up until halfway through my master's degree. And that is a long time. And I've definitely experienced some, you know, senioritis as they call it, when you, you're really ready to be just be done. <laughs> it's a new word. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, I've experienced it in the volleyball world as well. Like we've had, we had a really long season last year. We were competing back to back, traveling every single weekend and we got to the end. Yep. And it was extended season because of COVID. So there was that emotional management as well. Things would stop or like they would get pushed back or tournaments would be canceled or they would be changed to another date. So we kind of always had to be constantly ready all mm. the time. We didn't really have a chance to disconnect and then go back in. So towards the end of that season, I found that last tournament, my partner and I looked at each other like, wow, we are absolutely exhausted. We are ready for a break. And Mm. it was just really interesting because it's still something that I love and I'm so passionate about, but I was like, wow, we as humans need to rest. And it's really important. Like We need a break from even the things we love. Yeah, we really do. And I think that ties into how do we unfatigue. And Mm. there's definitely some tools we can use like journaling and we can go to see therapy. And I have a performance coach that I talk to and I'm super fortunate to have that. And I think it's also important to have a safe space. So somewhere you can go and just relax and breathe. So like for me, that's the beach. Such an amazing place to be just to disconnect from everything tune into the waves, get some sun and not think about everything else that's going on. Yeah, I think those um, behaviors that you listed are really good, Kayla. And I, and I think something that we all should be doing, you know, the listeners included is just constantly asking those questions and experimenting with those things. You know, going for a walk might not work for you. It might work for some people, but giving just like a one size fits all description doesn't work. And which is why you listed multiple ones, because we need multiple different ways of unfatiguing it. I might get bored of going for a walk. It doesn't do it and it becomes maybe too monotonous for me and I need to just change it up. Maybe I need to just do some journaling or some you know, creative writing. People talk about creative outlets, which is something people, uh, a lot of people enjoy. And so keep switching it up. Just the same way as one thing doesn't cause fatigue, one thing isn't going to solve it either. So I like to think of the analogy of you, know, you have a garden, weeds are growing. You know, if you wait a year to pull them out, you have a massive problem on your hands. And that's what we're going to talk about shortly, which is burnout. But if you stick diligently each day and pull out a few a day, you don't see them and you don't have that problem. Yeah. And I think the balance between managing yourself 
physically, emotionally, and mentally is super important. So we've definitely, we've touched on some mental and emotional ones, but the physicality side is just as important. So like making sure we do some stretching, making sure we do move our body every day. It can be hard when we're cooped up in an office or in our chair all day. It's important that our body gets out and moves. It's important for our mindfulness as well. And it's just like seeing yourself, ourselves as a holistic picture again. And I think that's an important strategy for managing that fatigue that we might be experiencing. So here at Fail More, we do like to keep it real. And I'm just going to mm. hand it over to you here, Jay. Have you experienced f- fatigue or even some burnout recently? Yeah, so it's um, been a tough period for me during COVID. You know, it's been uh, three months of lockdown and I thought I was doing well at the start, but a lot of the healthy behaviors that we talked about before, the ways I was managing, got stripped away from me, um, especially some of the most important ones to me, you know, that that people aspect. So became really tough for me and um, actually just recently last week I took four days off work and it doesn't sound like a big thing but the the fact was I, t- I took it off at quite short notice. It's kind of that week I, I said to my boss, hey man, I, I need some time off. Uh, I knew I was heading for a crash or a burnout. I noticed myself multiple days just feeling really disconnected from work, feeling quite angry um, at work. Um, I didn't show it but I, I felt it. Maybe I did show it but I knew I needed that time. Now, did taking that, that amount of time solve my issue? No, it didn't. But it, what it did was it, it bought me some time. So I knew I was heading the wrong way. So I said to myself, all right, it's time to buy some time. I did that. I took that time to disconnect from my devices. The first feeling the next day was guilt. I'm like, why am I taking this time off? I am fine. I can do it. I should have been fine. But you have to be real with yourself sometimes and go, I can take four days off now and get better. Or I'll essentially be forced to take, you know, two or three weeks to recover later on because of how bad or potentially fired, you know, mm. so trying to stop the, the landslide early is what I decided to do this time. And yeah, it was, it was a big thing for me. And um, in that time, you know, one of the things I was doing and, and one of the ways I help managers to identify, like, where did this come from? And so one thing I want to highlight that I found um, through my journaling, and it was only just a recent, I guess, revelation was the last time I did three months of solid, like, uh, isolation was actually when I was at university, you know, back um, 15 to 17, like we talked about um, last episode. And university for me, it was, you know, it was nice to finish early, but it wasn't all nice. And um, it was, I guess, a dark time for me um, because I was in a lot of isolation for, you know, three years. I was essentially at home alone doing university online and there wasn't that face to face. I didn't, at that time as a teenager, I didn't have healthy behaviors. I was basically dividing my time up between gaming at home alone and being on university at home alone. So I wouldn't say I was depressed, but it certainly was a depressing time for me. And um, there's a really good book, The Body Keeps the Score, which I haven't read yet, but it has been recommended to me many times and I am going to read it. But I know the premise of it, which is the fact that when things happen to us of like potential burnout or uh, trauma, our body keeps the score and remembers that. And so when I went back into lockdown this time around, I had three months of those same behaviors. And then instantly, I think those kind of emotions came back. Just taking those four days out was important to buy me some time. And then I had to go to my toolkit and go, okay, what can I use to try and help chip away or at least de-weed the garden, you know, that is starting to get too full with weeds. Mm. I think I'm building back now, you know, the fact that lockdowns coming to an end has really lifted spirits a lot. But yeah, it's it doesn't always go right. And that's why we want to keep it real is the fact that like we're a work in progress. And um, for me, I was just, I had to keep trying different things. Uh, I ran out of options. So I'm like, I need some time. I need some more time away from work to, to um, try some other stuff that might work. So yeah thank you for sharing no definitely and i always i can't necessarily always offer the the silver bullet or solution but we definitely understand these problems and can relate and so you know if you guys are feeling burnt out like we see you Mm. and just know that you're not alone 
and, and Caitlin, can you talk to more like what happens if we burn out? Yeah, and I think you've touched on some incredible points and a big one is that our bodies do burn out for a reason. So we're not experiencing these things in make-believe. This is a real phenomenon. Our minds and our bodies, they burn out for a reason and a lot of the times it's telling us that we need to stop or that something maybe isn't quite right. It's it's important in those times to acknowledge that and like you did some self-reflection, you went to your toolkit. It's like, okay, like why am I experiencing these things? Is it something that happened in my past? Is it the environment that I'm in right now? Am I in day-to-day tasks that I'm just not enjoying? There's so many different yeah. reasons why it could be, but the point is that there are reasons for it. And we just want to let you know here that it's okay to be experiencing those things. And something that really helps me when I might be experiencing these things are reflecting and asking what helps me in this situation. Like, what do I need that will help bring me out of this? And maybe it is journaling or maybe it's doing something fun. Maybe it's disconnecting or maybe it's talking to someone that you trust. There's not one solution that fits all, but there are solutions and it's important to find what works for you. Um, And some practical things I think in the workforce is like understanding maybe our expectations of ourselves. Maybe our expectations are too high when we're going into everyday Mm. work and maybe that's something that it's impossible to live up to. So bringing that back down to what do I expect of myself and how do I feel when I'm walking into work every day? And if I'm maybe not feeling great, thinking about how I can address that or how I can boost morale. And I think some of our perspective of ourselves will change through this process. Mm. And that's one of the, you know, if you can look at it that way, that's one of the positive things about burnout or can be once you go through the mud is going, okay, that high performance expectation I had of myself that I always have to have it together. That's not helpful. And that's driving me to really amplify a lot of failures, which is then resulting in me burning out quicker. So there's burden pieces of us, you know, we interpret the world through broken lenses. And sometimes our lenses are magnifying these stresses and whatnot in our own heads. Again, We can't eliminate these things from coming in, but if we're magnifying them in our heads through our own perceptions, it's really causing unnecessary amounts of fatigue or burnout. And so, yeah, when we have to go through these processes, when we burn out, we have to take that time to sit down, ask ourselves the tough questions and identify kind of those burden pieces and see if we can change those lenses. And I think going back to how failing kind of relates to all of this too, is that I've noticed when we are feeling fatigued and we are feeling burnout, we actually do start to make some mistakes and we start slipping a little bit. We start kind of going down into a spiral of mistake after mistake, failure after failure, and it really doesn't help the cause of burnout. It definitely doesn't help us feel better about ourselves, but we need to, in those situations, address it early, stop it early so that we we take those three or four days rather than taking those five weeks. So it's important to recognize that we do make mistakes and we do fail a little bit more when we are in these states of that fatigue or feeling of feelings of burnout. And that's okay. Give yourself some self-love, take some time, journal, listen to some music, go to your safe space, use your toolkit. I really encourage us to write down in our journals or just a notebook of things that really physically help because when we're in those states of fatigue, we're not thinking clearly. And so it's really hard to come up with solutions when we're in the thick of it, when we're in the mud. But if we've got something already written down, we can just go to that, refer to it, doesn't require any thinking and it's right there and it's such a good tool to use to help pull us out. And I think um, to add to your point, like we're not turning a screw, we're fixing an engine. Our mind is not like one screw, it's an entire engine. So you need different tools and it's not going to be one tool that fixes the job. 
once again, you're not alone. We're here with you. We all experience mm-hmm. these kinds of things here and there. Now we're just one step closer to getting out the other side. Yeah, so I think that's a good place to leave it. And, and it has been a super weighty episode. You know, I, I certainly feel it, but it is so important to talk about. And, and we know that, um, you know, no matter what stage of life you are in, you, you're always going through something. But we are here to address the things that matter and to really talk about the fails we have and how we can learn from them. So fail more at the end of the day, right? So Jay, how can the people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at it's Jay like the letter. I think I'm going to do a post about some of the skills I've learned during lockdown. So stay tuned for that. Or you can look up my website, it's jlikethletter.com. Caitlin, where can they find you? So you can find me on my Instagram at Caitlin Betney, or you can search my coffee rating blog at Coffee with Caitlin One at WordPress. And I have a website coming soon, but I'm not going to tell the people that it's out yet and <laughs> give a little wow. spoiler like that's you might shot. have done. <laughs> I think that's a shot for people who want to understand where that shot came from. Go listen to episode two. <laughs> but it's coming. Um, and also, please follow us on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts, which is super exciting. So We're everywhere. Give us We're a follow, all the, all give the us channels. a like, and follow our Instagram handle at the Fail More Podcast. So thanks guys for tuning in and let us know if you've got something out of this podcast episode and also moving forward, we want to know what you guys want to hear about because this is for you guys. We're here for the people. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and that you go out and fail more. 